Well, today, uh, I'm going to finish up Colossians. We've been in a seven-week study. Thank you for Jeff last weekend bringing the word. You know what? We worshiped with y'all last weekend, about 25, 29 strong, in a hotel in San Diego before we went across the border. And it was amazing. We worshiped and prayed and received. And man, it was just at, at, at technology. It kind of blew y'all away too, still what we're able to do. And we're down there just like we were here. Yeah, it's a good thing. Oh, this morning, to open your Bibles to the book of Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians is the last book of those four epistles. And we're in the final chapter here today. In chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 that I want to focus on in our time together of God's Word. And simply, I've just entitled this, Being Set Free in Prayer and Evangelism. Being set free in prayer and evangelism and the difference that makes in what Christ was speaking to the people here or what he was using Paul for. Uh, the focus was on all the things that we've been covering. You go back uh, on the web and you can catch up. But basically he comes down and he turns the focus really to the church as a whole and he begins to address us. You know, I, want to say, I love prayer. Y'all know that I'm going to preach and teach and model prayer as probably as much as I do anything. And it, there was this thing I don't know who came up with. It was really kind of dumb. Uh, have you ever been one of those scenes like, uh, and everybody's gathering around, and it's like everybody holds their thumb up, and if you don't have your thumbs up, you get to pray? I mean, I mean like, man, that's a privilege to pray. Amen? Amen. You're like, well, it is for you. It ain't for me. But it is. It's an honor to pray. I mean, it'd be like uh, uh, whoever didn't put their thumb up just to give blood first. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, to pray? I mean, really? But, yeah, I just thought that convict me and everybody else. Okay. There's two sections here right at the top. If you want to draw a box on your outline, I want you to look at it. It says prayer. Speaking to God about people. That's what prayer is. We speak to the Father of Heaven about our concerns of our hearts and about others. I like the next one, evangelism. It's speaking to people about the Father. We speak to people about God. And prayer and evangelism are the mission of the church of the living Christ. Christ died that we might be set free. This whole series is about being set free in the riches and the liberties of Christ. And as we speak to him, uh, some people, I, I don't want you to go there today. I don't want you to shut down and go, oh, pastor's preaching about prayer. He does that. I feel guilty. Man, I mean, I want you to be convicted by the Holy Spirit that he can bring about change and repentance. But I don't want you to leave here in a big guilt trip. And I just pray that today's uh, section of Scripture will blow freshness to your soul. And it will just blow across you. Because if we're really honest, I, I struggle with it. We all struggle with prayer about how little we spend in it. Or maybe you're saying, well, not me. I spend a lot of time there. That, that, that's incredible. But I'm going to say it over and over. Prayer makes a difference. I'm convinced this mission was so successful and fruitful once again. Because you and other saints in Christ believed. They prayed. They trusted. They petitioned. Many of you didn't get to go physically, but you went spiritually. And you were consistently, daily, praying for this mission. And for maybe the person that maybe you helped raise support for them. Outside of your tithes and offerings, you, you were a supporter of them. And we're, we're so thankful for you. You make a difference. But uh, our flesh seems to resist this prayer thing. The more I read and write on prayer, I continue to learn that uh, prayer is the first response for Christ followers that God calls for. 
but our flesh somehow is prideful and egotistical and it pushes aside and it resists praying because prayer write this down this is just this is free prayer dethrones self and it puts Christ on the throne that he should rightly have so when we pray we say Jesus would you be the sinner? Would, would you leave me here, Lord? I, I neglect this as a priority, but I need you. So prayer, we all know prayer is simple. We teach kids to pray. They can pray, and as we get older, something happens to the simplicity of it. But somehow I pray, uh, as we meet as a fellowship, that God deepens your prayer life in mine. Because I, I'm, uh, I can only imagine, and we, I'm not going to take off on this, the whole theme was Ephesians 3.20, immeasurably more. In, in Spanish, I almost said Greek, it's not Greek, mas. Just write M-A-S if you want to think about the Mexico team today. We saw mas. Maybe your kids or somebody came home with a t-shirt and it's got mas on it. It means more. And, and I'm praying today that God wants to do more in you than you've ever asked him or imagined or thought or prayed for. And, and that, that more is not just for today. It's not just for the mission we just completed. It's for the rest of your life. And the church said, I believe God has more for us. Do y'all think this is it? See, here's been my fear. We started in 1996 as a, as a fellowship at AUM. In 1999, we moved to this campus. And somehow over the years, we've had thousands. We were talking about that yesterday on the way home. And God has done an amazing, so many people come through here through our military, through people moving and all these different things. And yet, sometimes people think, well, we've arrived. We built brick and mortar. We built two buildings. We bought property twice. There's more. I believe there's much more. See, there's a lot of lost souls in the Montgomery, Central Alabama region. There's lost souls around the world. And as long as we have breath, we get to participate in the more of God. Amen? Amen. It's a great word. I, I need to get back to the word on the text here. So attitude we see today. I want you to fill in the first blank. Because prayer makes a difference. That's why I want you to pray. I want you to pray because it just makes a huge difference. Now, there's some obstacles, I think, that keep us from praying. And, and these will come up on the slide. I'm just going to give them to you. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't know the Father, then you're really not convicted to pray. You're not able to call Him Daddy. Uh, a second reason is you may be more focused on asking for things than knowing God in an intimate manner. You, you think God is Santa Claus and, and you ask him and you ask him for stuff. You don't stop and say, God, what do you want? God, how can I praise you? Another reason we don't pray, we're just too proud. Uh, I've always loved the passage, if you want to write down, James chapter 4, verse 6. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God has always been into humility and he's always attracted to that. Another reason is... We view prayer as a chore. This morning, you might think prayer, prayer is a chore. It's not a chore. It's a privilege. It's a, it's a responsibility. It's an honor for the king. Another reason we don't pray is we're just simply too busy, we think. But if things were too busy not to pray, but then if things really start crashing in our life, man, we pray. Is that, is that right, church? Amen. I mean, if things start falling apart, man, you pray. I mean, people call me sometimes, would you pray? Like, I didn't ever talk to them, but would you pray? Like, well, yeah, they say, well, they say you pray. Here's another reason we don't pray. We just can't focus. There's too many distractions. The students know, we talked about a lot this this week, social media, our telephones, all, all those things that we love and we use. And we, we were, you know, 
texting and, and you know, hashtag this and hashtag breakthrough, hashtag I need a Coke or whatever. I don't know. All these things. We, it, it's awesome. It's good. But, man, we can get too busy. Another one is our attention span is too short. God wants to expand that today. And here's another one. I'll end up my last one. We think prayer is boring. I, I pray today as we look at the words of Colossians that we'll say, Jesus, don't let me be bored anymore with prayer. I, I, I want to... Uh, I, I won't call a name. Don and I were a part of a church many years ago, a great church for the first 18 and a half years of my spiritual pilgrimage, and then this one for the last 18. And we had uh, two retired ministers that came on as in part-time capacity. And I was thinking about them, Don, is they, uh, on Sunday nights, sometimes they would, they would be invited to come have a pastoral prayer. And they both had a deep God voice. And they could pray. Oh, my goodness. And I was a youth pastor. And we had all these youth in the room. And they would look at me like, really? That brother just prayed two psalms word for word. And they, they could pray. And I was thinking about them the other day. They're, they're both in glory now. The Lord's taking them home. And I just thought, man. It's been a long time since I've been around an old saint like that that just may have prayed the scriptures off the page and then went to the next one and the next one. And i got to be honest, sometimes I go, that was good. You could have stopped with Psalm 91 and Psalm 92. <laughs> they just love God, both of them, man. Dear men. But I'm going to show you this, and I'm going to really get into this text today. Um, you're you're going to laugh because it's funny, but I hope some truth will hit you along the way. This guy, Michael, he has a unique way of putting about prayer. Let's watch it together. I going to church as an adult, right, for the first time when I started going to church. And I walk in, and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know. <laughs> you want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right, then they explained to me, right, your neighbor is the person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't know. I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good. And she must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. <laughs> She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, but seek, S is in search, E is in everywhere, E is in excellent, K is in kingdom. <laughs> Look at Alpha, Nisi, Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. <laughs> Now it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You are good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosing moms choose Jesus. So, because... You know, as the, as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, amen. 
I wouldn't have bothered to touch that. You know, I'll let him do it for his own self. Well, I wanted to just poke a little humor at us about our prayers. But I want to turn the table spiritually about it really does make a difference. So the first one in there is to be devoted. If, if you'll look at the text with me today, you remain seated. It's Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Listen to God's word. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in change. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Just a few sentences, and they're full of truth. You see a theme. Be devoted to prayer. It means to hold firmly to unrelenting persistence, endurance, tenacity, dig in, hang on, pray. And Acts, the second chapter, the 42nd verse, I love this part. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. All through Acts, you see the great prayers of the apostles, the Acts of the apostles, and God does amazing, extraordinary things. Here in Colossae, Ephesians, different places, he keeps telling us in prayer. In Luke 18, 1, he says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray, listen to this, and not give up. Because see, disciples, Jesus' personal disciples in that day are just like us. They're frail, they're human, they're weak, and they have a tendency to want to give up when the going gets tough. And I understand, man, there's sometimes we like, God, I'm, I'm not getting a breakthrough. God, i got to hold on. And, and that's where we have to be the body of Christ. And we come and we push and we spur and we love and we do it together. And somehow, if we can labor together and we know some other believers are with us, we'll just finish. Because let me just give you this word right now. This is critical. I want you to finish strong. Amen. Right now, there might be a woman right now watching this service. Her son plays the keyboard. And she's at the last of her journey. And I've been praying, Lord Jesus, help Darlene finish strong. Amen. She's going to finish strong with her Savior. And I don't care if you're 7 or you're 78 or you're 95 or whatever. I want you to finish strong. Amen? Amen. But, you know, being devoted to prayer, we're going to cheer each other on like a bunch of cheerleaders at a, at a UK basketball game. Thought I'd slide that in there, you know. <laughs> I got to go to one this year and another night coming out of San Diego. Matt and I got to watch it. Just amazing. But here it is. I want you to write down there about being devoted to prayer. Write down the word. Gritty determination. I just like that. Gritty. Especially after leaving Mexico, I thought I got grit in my ears. This morning I was getting stuffed out like, ugh. I've been thinking, ugh. I shouldn't be telling about that earwax. But anyway. But uh, determination. Gritty. Hold on. Adhere to. Stuck to. Jesus. I'm not, I'm not coming down. I'm being devoted uh, Paul's always saying, be ready to break into prayer. Do it instantaneously. Do it spontaneously. But pray. First um, Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Pray all the time. That, that's the, the role of Christ followers. Find a way to make it a habit. Men? Men? Yes. Men? Yes, sir. I'm calling you to prayer. In the morning, we changed the format a couple weeks ago. 7 to 7.30. I, I was been doing a teaching, devotional time, prayer time. 
We've been doing an hour together right now. We're doing a new format, 7 to 7.30. We're praying together in the prayer room, 7 to 7.30. Then we break. We'll get coffee, fellowship, whatever. But we're praying. Join me. Oh, I got time, Pastor. I understand. But a lot of you could. Some of you, I understand. You got to start work. You got to get kids to school. I'm not saying let your kids be truant delinquent. That's not what I'm saying. I want your kids to go to school. I don't want them to be dumb, okay? But I want you to pray. Okay, men? All right. Just yeah. throw that out there. See if I can take anybody off. Okay. <laughs> Find your prayer closet right there. King James says, go into your prayer closet and pray. Find a place that triggers prayer. Everybody in here should have a prayer closet. Maybe not a physical room. Maybe it's a chair. Maybe it's the porch. Maybe it's a swing. Maybe it's your truck, your car on the way to work. Maybe it's the shower. I, I don't know. But find a place that is set aside. Here, here's what a prayer closet is. It's a specific place. And that's where Jesus and I commune for long, longer periods of time to petition and, and seek his heart. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayers and requests. You know, just always pray. Pray in the Spirit. Christ, control me. Lord, lead me. You know, I've been pastoring for 32 years. I've had prayer warriors for many of those. At least 25 years I've understood the concept of calling out prayer warriors to join me in this great work called the gospel. If you ever want to get on my prayer brochure list, specific list, call LB, email her. She'll, we'll, we'll add it to you. We do an email. It goes all over the world, all over the country. I believe that pastors that have more prayer warriors have more power. How about you? Amen. Let me just tell you this. If you think my sermons are, are okay now, they can get a lot better. If you think they're bad now, then I really encourage you to sign up, okay? You know, pastors have prayer they have focus. They have power when people are praying. So there he is. So be devoted. Look at the second one in, in Colossians 4.2. Be aware. So let's be devoted. Now let's be aware. Let's be watchful. Paul told the believers here, don't go to sleep. None of that. Be alert. Be self-controlled. The Lord's coming again. As his return approaches, be ready. Be aware that he will come. How many of you believe Jesus is coming again? Amen. Is he coming for you? You're saying, oh, I hope so. Don't hope so, know so. Be confident in Christ that he's redeemed you. The Bible says the redeemed of the Lord think so. It doesn't say that. It says the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Lord, come. Mark 14, 34 and 38. Write it down. Stay here. Keep watch. Watch and pray since you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing. But the body is weak. <laughs> well, I understand that verse. Nobody had to explain that to me in the Greek. I understand it. Spiritual fortitude, throwing off temptation, running after it. This morning, you know, we have a lot of military in our church. A lot are on the road today. Some are here today. I, was, I just got a question here for you. Is it harder to guard the armory in Montgomery, the, you know, the National Guard Armory, or to go to Tora Bora, Afghanistan, or somewhere? Which one's hardest to guard? Yeah, I, I, duh. Where there's war, another part of the world. We're in a war, church. There's a war for our souls. There's a war for our city. And we're confident. We overcome when we're attended. So let's overcome this war. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Peter begins to paint a picture here of the war we're in. And then he says this. Be self-controlled and be alert. And that's what I want to be. I want to be more alert for Jesus. For his coming, I want to be more alert for his presence now. I want to be more alert to the promptings of the Spirit. Ephesians 6.18, it says these words. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the saints. 
See, there, there's a theme here in these epistles and, and, and it's prayer and it's devotion and it's being aware and it's being alert. And then look at the third one. Be thankful. In, in Scripture, we, we see that mantra. We see that God calls us to be uh, gracious and be grateful and to be just extremely thankful. It's a, it's a healthy attitude. Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. He, he just says, speaking to one another, psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it just, God, I want to pray with thankfulness. Lord, I, you, you've given me provision. You've given me promises from your word. You've pardoned my sin. You've forgiven my sin. God, you've given me grace. You've given me a friend. You've given me a wife. You've given me a husband. Lord, you've done this and this. As a matter of fact, some verses are going to come up. Uh, Colossians 1.3. We did this earlier in the study. And, and he says this. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray for you. When you pray for other people, do you thank God for them? God, I thank God for their effectiveness. Pastor Hoel, he's become a friend over the last few years. I'm now preaching his church twice. We've been there a few times. I love Pastor Hoel. Man, he's infectious. He, he loves Christ. Here's what he did to your pastor. Now, guys, you know, I preach all the time. Even when I'm away, I'm usually preaching. And, and I knew I, I taught pastors all that day Tuesday. And I asked you to pray for me. 38 pastors came in, uh, equipped them. We had a great day. But on Monday, I ran into Pastor Hoel. And he says this. He goes, <laughs> he's a little short guy. I feel like a giant when I'm in Mexico most of the time. And, uh, and I'm, I'm standing there with Pastor Hoel. And he's hugging me. He goes, and somebody translates. He speaks a little broken English, and then and then you get people to help him. And he goes, he goes, I'm so excited. And he starts doing that about tomorrow about equipping. I mean, he is so hungry to learn. And I get in there, and they're hungry. And then he set me up. Pastor, could you preach Wednesday night? Man, I I ain't been prepared. I wasn't ready for Wednesday night. But the Bible tells me be prepared in season and out of season. And when I said yes. He was so happy. He might be watching him right now. Going, do a bad imitation of me. I don't know. But um, oh, but let me tell you, church. The Holy Spirit broke out, didn't it? Didn't it, team? God was alive. He was there. It was awesome. So one three. Look at one twelve. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Giving thanks. Colossians two seven. Rooted up and built up and strengthened in him in the faith as you were taught and then overflowing with thankfulness. Just right here at Colossae, there's a theme of thankfulness. So he says, be devoted, be aware, be thankful, Lord. And, and then he goes into this section here right in the middle, draw a box around, speaking to God about others. You know, that's what we did in Mexico. That's what we hopefully do every day. God calls us as ambassadors of the good news of the gospel and we, we speak to others about Jesus. And we proclaim him and an open door for the message and how it could be powerful. People could discover that. So one, ask for open doors. Write that in there. Ask for open doors. I don't, I don't think doors are necessarily open until believers pray and they petition and they're fervent and they cry out to the Father to open doors that uh, there could be a release and things could happen. And a picture here of a, of, a, of a prisoner being released, a door being opened. We pray that God would open doors, that God would give us opportunities to make Christ known in the school, in the marketplace, in our home, among our family, among our church, among the unchurched. In the loss. Lord, help us to see that. A door is an opportunity for, uh, for ability to communicate the gospel. 
And I believe that Jesus can close doors and I believe he can open doors. Do you believe that, church? Amen. And I'm asking God, God, give us open doors. If there's doors we don't need to go through, close them. Close them that no man can open them. But Lord, if it's a door that brings honor to you, then open that door. 1 Corinthians 16, now, I gave you some verses. I won't go all over all of them, but it says, Paul says, a great door for effective work has been opened to me. And I pray that would become your, one of your prayers. Lord, open doors for me in my workplace. Open doors for me with soccer moms, gymnastic moms, cheer moms. Open doors for me wherever you find yourself doing life. Lord, I want to talk about you. I know you matter. I know I might be the only Jesus. I'm a, I know I might be the voice. They, they won't go listen to a preacher. But they'll listen to me. I have credibility. I have honor. I have their respect. I have their friendship. I have their ear. Now, so there it is. Ask for open doors. And look at the second point. This is, this is really important. It says, ask for clarity. When I proclaim Christ, don't make it cloudy. Make it clear. Crystal clear. Jesus, just help me be simple. Help me point people to you. Help people to see that there's no salvation, no salvation outside of Christ. They need a Savior. They fall short of the glory of God. They have sinned. They've missed the mark. They need redemption. They need new hope. They need new life. It, it, it's in Christ. I, I've learned here from Colossians, would you please pray for me? And I ask you to do that for me, but I ask you to do it for each other. Begin to ask people, would you pray for me? And, and I, I believe our prayers make a difference. Do you believe it? You remember when I said that earlier? Prayers make a difference. How many people believe today prayers make a difference? And if you really believe that, then we'll, we'll start praying more. We'll pray more corporately. We'll pray more personally in our, in our private times with God. Not, so the a ministry here, a proclamation, I open my mouth, that in a fearless manner, the mystery of Christ might be known. Be known. And it's a mystery. The whole mystery of people being born again, it, it's a God thing. I'm so grateful. Man, I can't take any credit for it. It's all Jesus. Jesus is changing lives here at this church, abroad, wherever we go. When Christ is lifted up, he draws people into himself. The book of Acts, you begin to see all through this about how much is accomplished when we bring our petitions to God. But let's look at the last section because I want to do an exercise with you today. Colossians 4, 5, and 6. The first one is be wise. Be wise in the way you walk and how we live with outsiders and how we see other people of faith and how we remember them. Matthew 10, 16 says, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Romans 16, 19, it challenges us to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. So, so God clearly just says, I, I want you to be wise. I, I want you to let people... Um, Realize that people are making decisions. They're basing sometimes their faith in Christ about the validity, the power, the effectiveness of your witness. See, hypocrisy in, in me and you turns people off. So Paul here, he says, I, I want you to be wise. No hypocrites. It's, it's, it, it turns off the outsiders. The Bible says be above reproach. Be consistent. I hear it a lot. Why don't you come to church? Oh, all those hypocrites. Hey, why don't you come? We'd have one more. And that sounds fun in the church, but if you're in church, you're like, ha, 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 that's stupid. Yeah. But I'm really turned off. But if I'm really trying to model Christ, and then when we blow it, let me tell you one thing I've learned about marriage and you learned about parenting. When you blow it, acknowledge it. You don't have a witness in the house. Amen. Do y'all ever blow it with your kids? Have you ever just messed up? Kid goes, dad has lost it. But you're too prideful to admit it. 
Boy, try this one. Humble yourself. Ask for their forgiveness and show them that there was a better way. Wow. Respect went up. Secondly, here it is. Make the most of the opportunities that Christ provides for you. And I think he's going to provide many opportunities. And, and, we, and, and, and there's a, a, a term here, buy up. It means the picture of finding something to sell and buying up all we can. Do any of the women in here understand there's a sale at Old Navy and I'm going to buy up all the goods? Do I have a witness? Or any of it? There, there, there's something at Walmart. There's something at your favorite store and you buy it all up. Here it is. Buy up all the opportunities that Christ gives and I think he's going to give a lot of opportunities if we really start praying about this and believing and trusting Christ. So our, and then the third one is just be gracious. Let your conversation be seasoned with salt. Be courteous. Be respectful. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. You know how sometimes in the church we get on our high horse of morality? And I think we should. And we want to call sin, sin. I've never been a preacher that's not wanting to call sin, sin. Christ died for sin once and for all. Amen. But sometimes we get so excited and so revved up about a moral issue and, and unbelievers are listening and we seem so vindictive and mean, they're scared to do anything. And I just think, you know, we need to call it sin, but then we need to let them know. But there's grace and there's forgiveness and there's acceptance in Christ. And Christ invites you to come this way. And we begin to move toward him. And we don't, we, so just write down the thought, engage the lost. Christ, help us engage the laws. Let it make a difference. Fuel our attitudes. Because I read this years ago. I forget who said it. But when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Write that down. When we work, we work. But when we pray, when we make petition, God works. And I believe that God wants to work. So the size of our prayers depend on the size of our God. And if you've got a great God that we sing about so often, You'll pray great, audacious, bold, life-shattering, mountain-moving prayers for the glory of Christ. Lord, I invite you to intervene here today and to do something unbelievable. Now, we're going to do an exercise this morning. I've asked our college students, man, they look so good. They're, uh, they've got baskets and they've got cards. So I'm going to ask them right now to distribute an index card to everybody in the room. So if y'all just start and move those rather quickly. And the index card is going to come to you not to make an airplane, not to make your grocery list on, or your to-do list for the week. It's to write down prayers, to make petitions. So everybody's going to get these today. And what, what you're going to do it after announcement time, I'm going to ask you to see one of these college students and drop your petition in the basket. And this week, as Jennifer and team comes, and the staff, tomorrow we have staff meeting, we're going to pray for every one of your petitions as a staff. See, in our thing that y'all do, there's about the same people that list prayer requests and a few new ones. But I'm asking everybody that make petitions for our church, for one another, and how we can pray. And let me, I'm just going to give you some of these cards are coming to you, and you begin to write. I want you to see this picture right here. Her name is teaching the pastor's conference on Tuesday. I see a car seat that my little granddaughter would be in. And I see this little girl and she's got water on the brain and her head's quite large. And I walk back and I, I, I inquire. And he says, I'm a pastor and this is my wife and we're foster parents. Our kids are grown 
And this little girl, they said, would live one day. She's six years old. They said at the age of one year, we took her into our home and we've been caring for her. And I knelt down and I prayed over her. And then a little while later, some commotion. And all of a sudden, I feel this. And he's taking her out of the car seat and he handed her to me. And I held her. Look at this next slide. I think this is her dad. And he asked me this and I said, yes. He said, would your church pray for Angel? I'm asking you, would you pray for Angel? Write it on your card. Write it in your Bible. Pray for her. Just a little girl that just touched my heart at the end of the conference. Let me tell you something else I want you to pray for. We used to have a student pastor here. His name was Mark Bethay. Today, he became a pastor, a senior pastor full time in a little rural church. Argo Baptist Church. Today's his first Sunday. I've been praying for him. Pray for Mark, man. He's so thrilled about that. I got a thing just a little while ago, right before I came in. One of my friends that I love deeply that you love. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of my recovery. We love you very much for thinking and praying for us in this difficult time. The Shelbys, Frederick, Jessica, and O'Ryan. And then she said this, thank you for being an amazing church family. We love you all. Isn't that awesome? So this morning, I'm like, man, that was a dumb one. And then we're going to pray for Darlene. It's Michael's mom. She fights for her life and worships Jesus. And then all the things that you got on yours. So right now, you're like, man, I can't write. I'm crying, man. I, you know, I got snot running out. Oh, excuse me. I can't believe I said that. Anyway, I, 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 you know, I'm green. You know, I'm just, I'm feeling rough. Or, man, I'm moved. And some of you are writing. But hopefully your cards, please don't have blank cards. I mean, my goodness, surely you got something you can pray for. So this morning, when we get ready to leave, we're going to drop the uh, cards in the basket. I just want to have a short prayer that I want to do announcements. Father, I thank you for this service of your presence and your goodness extended to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the church at Ryan Road and for the church universal that exalts Christ supreme over all these. I thank you for Pastor Hovell and the church in Ensenada. Lord, we pray for Mark today as he leads a new fellowship called Argo Baptist. We pray for our sister in Christ, Jessica, today. We pray for grace and mercy and healing to be extended to her in the name of Jesus. We pray for Doralee, mighty God, to have the strength, the presence, the comfort of Christ. And God, all these other things, we look forward with great anticipation of praying for one another. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen.